Grab your Bible, grab your Bible and turn with me to Judges chapter number 15. Judges chapter number 15 and as soon as the choir gets to their place, I'll, I'll let you be seated, but just remain standing until the choir finds their place. Uh, I know you're thinking, uh, Judges is in the Old Testament, Rev. We're in New Testament. I get that, but uh, the other night, the other night, how many of y'all was here for worship night? Anybody here for worship night? A couple weeks? Uh, we started, uh, I shared with you a thought. And, and, and I got to digging on that some more and I, I just cannot, I cannot leave that much chicken on the bones. Amen. And, and so I, I want to share with you what, what we, what we kind of find, found out in that particular chapter. Uh, there's just so much more to it that I want to share with you. Uh, and, and, and listen, we got just a couple of weeks for Easter and, and, and we're going to take a kind of a break, uh, 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 with our new Testament survey and then jump right back in it. We're not quitting it. We're just going to, uh, uh, give you this little bit here. How many of you have had times in your life when you felt like giving up? All right. The rest of you are lying. Let me say this again. How many of you in your life, there's been times you just want to throw in the towel? All right. How many in your life, there's been times when you just could not figure out what in the world was going on? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to look at this story of, of one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Samson. Samson went through a period in his life, in a situation in his life that, that didn't make sense to him. He felt like God had let him down. How many of y'all ever been there? Come on, let's be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying God ever let us down. Everything he's ever done is right in all things. He does all things well, but sometimes we don't understand what he's doing and we feel like he's let us down. And that's where Samson was at. And so that's what I want to talk about. So, all right, has everybody found their spot? Everybody found a good place to stand and sit and hear God's word? Everybody good? Everybody good? All right, let's look in Judges chapter number. Y'all go ahead and sit down. Y'all been standing a long time. Go ahead and sit down. I'm having mercy on y'all today, all right? All right, Judges chapter number 15 in verse number 9. Judges 15, verse number 9. When you get there, say Amen. I want you, if you, if, if, matter of fact, let's do this now before I forget it. If you'll look at the first verse under number one, at the very top in your introduction, there's a typo right there. I need you to fix that real quick for you note takers in here. Judges 14.4. It's Judges 14.4. I think it, the typo was 13 something, but just scribble that out and put that's Judges 14.4. All right. Judges 14.4 in your notes on your, uh, on your outline there. Okay. Now, look at the title. Somebody tell me the title of this, this, this message today. Say it again. Now, here's what we're trying to figure out. Here's what we're trying to figure out. We know Samson went through a very difficult time, a discouraging time, a time where he wanted to quit, a time where he thought God was letting him down. We've already identified and we've already admitted just about everybody in this room has been there, has felt that. And, and we, we will list a, a litany of reasons why that is. I'm going through this because I am facing this because I am discouraged today because this is going on or that is going on. And, and we're going to list several things that, that Samson has had to deal with in this particular chapter that he is having to face that would bring a brother down, that would discourage anybody on the planet. But when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done in this message, we're going to find out the, the real culprit. What is it that got him to this place? And so that's where we're at today. All right. So let's look in Judges 14, or excuse me, chapter 15 and verse number nine. If everybody's there, say amen. amen. 
Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up to do to him as he had done to us. Then 3,000 men, that is so key. We're going to come back to that, but just keep that number in your head. 3,000 men uh, went to the top. This is the men of Judah. This is Samson's own people, if you will. They went to the top of the rock Edom and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are ruler over us? Don't you understand this is just the way it is? What is it that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, as they did unto me, so I have done unto them. Samson was definitely eye for an eye type fellow. Say amen. And they said unto him, we are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, swear unto me that ye will not fall unto me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, no, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand. And surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistine shouted against him. Now read this verse with me. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Say it again. And the, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that were burnt with fire and his bands loose from off his hands. In other words, he, he, he received so much strength that he broke those new ropes just like they were burnt in a fire. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called the place Ramoth Lehi. And he was sore athirst. And he called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. Now shall I die for thirst. He's saying, God, are you going to let me die? God, are you going to let me die? Now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God, say amen. amen. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw. And there came water air out. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name thereof in Hakore, which is in Lehi unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for a great spirit in this place. Thank you for the choir and the, and the work they put in to bring us a, a, a worship time that is, is a blessing and an encouragement and is motivating. God, I pray now that you'll take your word and use it to edify your people today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fall upon me like you did, Samson. I pray that you will not allow me to say anything that I should not say. And don't let me forget anything that I should. God will thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want to I describe just a minute for those of you who are not familiar with the times of the judges. The times of the judges was when Israel was without a king. The nation would, would sin and they would rebel and, 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 and be disobedient to God and God would send judgment. He would send a nation to come and oppress them, to bring them into bondage. And, and when they were in that bondage and they were under that oppression, then they would call out to the Lord, help, help, deliver us, deliver us. Well, we have a God who is merciful. Say amen. amen. And every time. 
every time when they would call unto the Lord and they would repent and turn back to God, that God would have mercy and he would send a deliverer. He would send somebody to bring them out of bondage and bring them out of their oppression and bring them out of the dominion that they were under with someone else. Now, here's the deal. But they had short memory. They were like a bunch of Baptists I know. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, get me out of this trouble that I got myself into. Oh, God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do everything. Oh, oh, God. Oh, preacher, pray for me. Everybody pray for me. Let, oh, God, help me. And God does. And God will move on the situation like he always does. And man, they'll be in church for just a little bit until everything's going good and they realize they don't need or they think they don't need God no more. And then you couldn't find them with the FBI or CNI dog. Do I have a witness? And then, and this was a repeated pattern over and over again. They would sin. God would judge and punish and bring dominion and, 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 and oppression. And they would call out to God, God have mercy on us. And God would have mercy on them, send a deliverer, bring them out. They would be a little short period of time. They'd get ignorant again. And here we go again. I mean, this is a whole book of Judges. If you just read the book of Judges, this is over and over again, a repeated pattern. But there's something significant about this one. There's something so different about Samson's time in the time of Samson's judgeship that's different than all the rest of them. Do you realize that it was the longest period of time? Forty years. Forty years they were under the dominion of the Philistines in this particular time. And there's not one recorded instance where they called on the Lord for deliverance. Now where am I going with this? If you will look in this, I'm going to give you the intro real quick. And then we'll just talk about the, know, it's real short. We're probably going to get out early if the Lord's willing and y'all listen fast. Say amen. No, we're not in trouble. Listen, listen, there's three things here. If you're, if you're taking notes in the first part in the intro, this is, this is some things that Samson has to deal with. First, we see the, the, he's dealing with the actions of God's enemy. They're under dominion. And the word dominion means authority of, it means to dominate. Do you know what, you know what the Bible says about dominion? That sin should not have dominion over the saved person. But do you know what I see every day? We see Satan having dominion over God's people. We see God's people who are more than conquerors according to Scripture. God's people who can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth them. God's people who, who, who has greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But they're getting beat up by the devil. They're living in discouragement. They're living in depression. And they're living with oppression and dominion over them. I'm not talking about, God. I'm not talking about the world's crowd. I'm talking about God's people. Satan is fighting on every hand. Everywhere you turn, there is something. Everywhere you turn, there's a problem. Everywhere you turn, there's an issue. And Satan's doing everything he can to discourage God's people. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So he's having to deal with the dominion. He's having to deal with the actions of the Philistines and the oppression and dominion of the Philistines. But not only that, he's having to deal with the apathy of God's people. Now watch, in this chapter, this is what it says. This is what it says. They came up to the rock. Now, by the way, by the way, let's just throw this out there. 
let's just throw this out there. How many, we just read it a while ago, and you should be familiar with the story, but how many, how many enemy, how many Philistines did uh, Samson kill with a jawbone? Say it again. A thousand. How many Israelite men went up the hill? So you're telling me that God's people outnumbered the Philistines three to one. Y'all with me? Now watch. They came up to Samson. I'm going to come back to that. Just keep that in your head. Simmer on that a minute. They came up to Samson and said, what are you doing? Now remember, Samson is the God called, God sent deliverer for the people. This was the one God chose and God sent to get the people out of dominion, get the people out of their bondage. Are y'all with me? Watch this now. Even though they didn't ask for it. How many of y'all know God's going to pick a fight with your enemy even if you don't ask for it? I'm glad God wants us out of dominion even when we don't even care. But this is what they said. This is what they said. What are you doing? Why are you rocking the boat? Man, why are you stirring up trouble? They said, don't you know? Don't you know that they have dominion over it? You know what they're saying? Hey, it is what it is. They had been so used to. They had become so accustomed to bondage in their life. They have been, I hope y'all are are, are picking up what I'm putting down. We have so many Christians that are used to living in defeat that they have quit trying to win. They're so used to being defeated. They're so used to being dominated by the devil. They're so used to living in defeat that they don't even try for victory anymore. They said it is what it is. You know what he's dealing with? The apathy of the people. The only one's fighting is Samson. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more disheartening to a pastor than having to try to motivate apathetic people. People that don't care. People that care less. It tears me up when I care more about your marriage than you do. Are y'all with me? I'm not going to hunger there, but y'all simmer on that a minute. You can't help people that won't try to help themselves. So he's dealing with that. He's not only dealing with the oppression and the domination of the Philistine, the actions of God's enemy, he's dealing with the apathy of God's people. But then sadly, he's dealing with the abuse of God's servants. Watch this. When they get to the top of the hill, when they get to the top of the hill, you know what they say? You know what they say? We have come to bind you. We have come to bind you. Now, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. How many men did, how many men did Samson kill with a jawbone? A thousand. How many of God's people went up there? Now, watch this. If you study the whole book of Judges, if you study the period, the time period of Samson, that 40 years, not one single time did God's people muster up an army to fight the enemy. But they mustered up an army, 3,000 men, even though they outnumbered the enemy three to one. The only time they mustered up an army is to go and bind God's man. Now, you tell me that ain't a mess. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more disheartening than friendly fire. They bound their own deliverer. 
We come to bind thee. Now, now let's apply that. Let's apply that to today. Let's apply that to today. Are y'all with me? Put your seatbelt on. We're fixing to hit some turbulence. Now, preacher, don't be preaching on that kind of stuff now. You know, that's awful offensive to certain people nowadays. We don't want to hurt any feelings. We don't want to rock the boat. You know, them are some tithers, and if you get on that subject, they're not going to like that. Tough. If the preacher is rubbing you the wrong way, you need to turn around. If he is using the book, if he is preaching the word, oh, don't adjust the word to your lifestyle. Adjust your lifestyle to the word. Don't try to bind the man of God. Don't try to hem him in a corner. Don't try to control him. Let him preach the book. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you what your critics will do, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, this is across the board. If people can't control you, then they'll criticize you. If you don't march to the beat of their drum, they'll tell you you're doing it wrong. They'll tell you you're liberal. They'll tell you you're tickling ears. They'll do all this stuff, but I'm here to tell you, keep preaching the book. Keep living for God. God will handle that mess. Now, think about this. He's fighting his own fight, but yet he's got to fight the critics too. You know, it'd be one thing if I just had my own problems, but if I got to deal with the stupidity of others too. I am, I'm trying. Wouldn't it be something if all you had to deal with your own issues? Ain't nothing worse than friendly fire. There's nothing worse than trying to help people and then them turn around and all they do is criticize you. Now, I'm I'm telling you, Temple Baptist Church is going... There have been several preachers that's come here and we've allowed preachers. If you was here Wednesday night and they come up here and testify and say, let me tell you what Temple's done to help us. We're in Ohio. We're in Georgia. We're in New York. We're in all these... And all we've done is try to help people. And then people turn around in our community and then they criticize us and want to come against us. And all we've ever tried to do is help people. We come to bind you. Nothing nothing worse than friendly fire. Nothing worse. But I'm going somewhere. Now watch. How many of y'all would agree all those those things right there is enough enough to make you tired? That right there by itself is enough to make you want to give up. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Y'all need to thank God every day for Dustin Phillips. Yeah, ho, 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 ho. There has been times I just said, forget it. I'm not helping nobody else. I'm tired of this. All we've tried to do is help. We even paid for the stuff. They wouldn't have to do nothing but come and eat our food and let us help them. And they won't. Well, that's fine. I'm going coon hunting. And Brother Dustin, now, now, now preacher, you know, we are helping some people. Some people hear it. I'm more like Samson. I'm throwing my jawbone in the dirt. Yeah. 
Y'all see where I'm going with this? And you're all dealing with it in different ways. You're dealing with the attacks of Satan in your life. You're dealing with, with people that you're trying to help, your family members, your children, people that you're trying to help that don't even care to help themselves, and you get frustrated with it, and then, you, then it seems like we've got to deal with critics that should be encouraging instead of tearing down. Put, put, apply this stuff to your everyday life. Let's be honest. All that's enough to make you want to quit. Let me give you three things real quick. It's quick. It's quick. Real quick. I want you to see his dilemma. I want you to see his dilemma. He's fighting. A thousand men. Can you imagine a thousand men? One after another. A thousand men all at the same time. He's slinging that jawbone. I mean, he's, he's, he's stacking them. As a matter of fact, he even says it. Heaps upon heaps. I'm stacking them up like core wood. A thousand men. But now he's tired. He becomes sore thirst. He becomes sore thirst. He thinks he's going to die. His dilemma is this, two things. First is fatigue. Ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be an enemy that you're going to face in your Christian walk in the daily life. It's fatigue. It's fatigue. You can put up with a lot of stuff, but when you get tired. How many of y'all have ever said stuff you wouldn't have normally said it if you hadn't been so tired? I see husbands and wives just grinning. Come on. Done things you normally wouldn't have done because you just. He's fatigued. But because he's fatigued, now he's frustrated. Now he's frustrated. There's nothing in the world that'll get you frustrated more than being fatigued. You know, the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Now, there's a reason God says don't be weary in well-doing because he knew that if you're doing well, you're going to get weary. You're going to get tired. Sometimes it gets tiresome struggling for the marriage, trying to get along. It gets tiresome putting up with teenagers. That is from people who's had teenagers and they're out the house now. Did y'all hear that? For all you toddler people out there, your day's coming. Your prayer needs to be right now at this moment. If your kids are not teenagers yet, your prayer needs to be right now. Oh, come, Lord Jesus. You better pray for the rapture of the church before your kid turns 13. And all those with teenagers say it. How many of you wanted to kill them before? Let's just be honest. Hey, let's just be honest. I know that's not politically correct, but we're a redneck church. We can say what we want to say. They all think we're different anyway, so let's just say it. Me and Tammy, we'd have been divorced a long time ago, but neither one of us wanted a kid, so we stayed together. Remind me not to tell that in the second service when Tammy's in here, all right? Yeah, she's watching live, oh, Lord. 
mercy. We better get back to the New Testament, y'all, quick. Amen. How, how many of y'all would agree sometimes we get tired? We get frustrated. But then look, look at the second thing. Not only do we see his dilemma, but look at his deliverance. The Bible says he called on the Lord. Say it with me. He You know what the Bible says? Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Somebody say amen. This poor man cried and the Lord delivered him out of all of his trouble. I'm glad to know when we get weary. I'm glad to know when we get tired. I'm glad to know when we feel like throwing in the towel that we have a God who understands our trouble. We have a God who understands our situation. We have a God who won't throw in the towel on us even when we want to throw in the towel on Him. And He will send refreshing and send deliverance when we need it. He called on the Lord and the Lord supernaturally gave Him water out of that Jawbone. Are y'all with me? And the Bible says he took and drank and he revived. Listen, when you get tired, when you get fatigued, and when you get frustrated, the last thing you need to do is quit church. Now that's the first natural instinct. I've dealt with depression in the last few years. I'm telling you, and one of the one of the, the strongest the strongest draws or instincts you have when you're dealing with depression is to get away from everybody. Yeah. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to hide in my office, or I want to hide somewhere. I want to go. I, I want to go where there's no people. But that's very dangerous. Listen, when, when Elijah got, went through his time of depression, when he got alone is when he got suicidal. And by the way, God teamed him up with Elisha. To, and, and he told Elisha, if you want a double portion of Elijah's blessing, then you cannot leave him. God made sure Elijah had a partner. And what I'm saying is this, when you get tired, you're going, to have a, you're, going to have a, you're going to have a tendency to want to quit church, but you need to be here. You need to be around God's people. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but as the day's coming, so much the more. Why? To exhort one another, encourage one another, lift up one another. When I'm down, you'll be up and you can lift me up. When you're down, I'll be up and I'll lift you up. We need each other. Amen. Listen, he revived. He didn't revive with something provided by the world. He didn't revive by something provided by God. Listen, the devil's crowd. He revived by God. We see his deliverance. Now, normally, that would be the end of the sermon. And that would be a good place to stop. But there's a greater lesson we need to learn. I'm glad when I get tired, God can lift me up. How about you? I'm glad when I get fatigued and I get frustrated and I want to quit and throw in the towel that God can give me refreshment. God can give me encouragement. God can let them sing a song, just the right song that I need to hear. Or God can let the preacher preach something I need to hear and it'll give me exactly what I need. Are y'all with me? I'm thankful for all that. But see, there's something else to this thing. We didn't get this the other night. 
But see, Samson had a discovery too. We see his dilemma. We see his deliverance. But the most important thing you need to understand today is his discovery. There was something he discovered in this whole situation. Now this is the message. I'm telling y'all, this is a message from God. Everybody pay attention right here. According to the scriptures, <clears throat> the Bible says, let me, let me go back. Let me go back so you, can, so you can see it. Verse number 14. Verse number 14. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. Now read it with me. And the... Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. How many of y'all would agree that the Spirit of God was the reason for the victory. Okay, now let's go to verse 16. Verse 16. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass, have, 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 I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone. What's starting to happen? He's getting tired. It didn't say when he made an end of fighting. When he made an end of speaking. He cast away, now he's starting to get fatigued. Now his arms are so heavy, he can't even hold the, hold the weapon God gave him to fight the battle with. Watch what he says. That he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called the place Ramoth Lehi. Ramoth Lehi. The word Ramoth Lehi means the height of the jawbone. The height of the jawbone. I love that, that word height. It is in reference to the high places. In Israel, in Israel, during the times of the wicked, wicked kings, the high places is where they would set up idolatrous statues, idolatrous places for uh, uh, an altar to worship false idols. It was a place of idolatry. Now, if you put this together, you know what's happening? Let me just put it in simple terms when you all get this because I'm running out of time. This is what Samson's doing. This is what Samson's doing. After his victory... He's holding up the jawbone and he said, look what I've done. I've killed a thousand men. And he names the place Ramoth Lehi. He names the place after the jawbone. He's saying, look at this jawbone. Look at this weapon. Now, if we don't apply it to today, churches are bragging on their programs. Look at our Sunday school department. Look at our music program. Look at our preaching service. Look at our teaching program. Look at this. Look at that. There's some fundamental Baptists that have never broken out of the 50s and 60s. They think that that's because they, they, it, it never was God. It was the busing. It was their Sunday school building skills. And here Samson is. All he can do is brag on himself and brag on his weapon and say, look what I've done and look what I've done it with. And when he got through talking, you notice he didn't get fatigued in the battle? 
But when he got through speaking, speaking thought he was going to die. You know what I think happened? God heard him. God heard him bragging. God heard him taking the credit. God heard him taking the glory. And the moment he got through bragging on himself and the weapon he had, God says, Okay. Okay. And he... And then he what? Called on the Lord. You may tell you, now now listen up, here's the message. You may tell you why some of y'all are tired. It's because he hadn't heard from you lately. Do you know God will let us get weary? When we think we we got it. How do you know when we think we got it when you ain't talked to him lately? You know what a lack of prayer reveals? Pride. A lack of prayer is saying, I don't need God. But when you pray a lot, you know what you're saying? I need God. Hello? Man, it's getting quiet. Y'all are like shouting and everything a while ago. Now watch this. Watch this. God refreshed him. Guess what he did? All right, time out, time out, time out. I'm changing the name. I'm changing the name. In my ignorance, I named it Ramoth Lehi, hide of the jawbone. But I'm changing it now. He said, I'm going to change it to Enhakore. You know what Enhakore means? Fountain of one who calls. Fountain of one who calls. You know what he's saying? It ain't the jawbone. It ain't me. It's the one we call on. Let me tell you what he discovered. Two things. Two things. He discovered his greatest need. Write that down. He discovered his greatest need. What was his greatest need for the... Spirit of God to fall mightily upon him. And then B, he discovered his greatest enemy. Write that down and look at me. Write it down and look at me. I got everybody's attention? I need you to pay attention. This is it. We're wrapping it up. See, we're early. Watch this. Watch this. What's the title of this, this message today? You know, there's been times you felt like quitting and you thought it was your husband's fault. There's been times you want to throw in the towel and you thought it was that crazy wife you had. There's been times you're ready to give up because you thought, I'm going to kill these children. It's that boss at work. It's that moron that's in my class. 
Hey, hey. It might even be God who's letting all this stuff happen to me. We'll blame everything in the world. But you know what? If we're at a place where we're ready to quit and we're ready to throw in the towel, you me tell you who the real culprit is? Now let me say this. Let me say this. Would y'all agree that the actions of the enemy, God gave him victory over? How many of y'all would agree that even the apathy of the people didn't slow Samson down a bit? Now watch this. Even the criticism, their, their attempt to control him, they put them new bands on him. But you know what God did? God broke them like they're nothing. So if, if, if you get on social media and you say you're tired of everything because of what everybody's saying, how everybody's treating you, You know what God can do with that? God can break it just like his burnt rope. Everything that we listen to begin, we all agree, bless God, this will make you tired. This will wear you out. This will cause you to want to quit. God gave him victory over all that stuff. Even when the enemy was coming at him one after another, a thousand men, one after another, one after, and you say, what, what's that got to do with me? How many of you felt like there's a problem today, a problem tomorrow? Seems you get this problem fixed, you turn around, there's one behind you, and there's one beside you. Everywhere you turn, you got issue after issue after issue. That's life. None of that bothered Satan. None of that bothered Samson. Until Samson thought it was him. And he never got faint, and he never got fatigued, and he never got frustrated until he thought it was him. And he realized his greatest need is the Spirit of God. You think I need the Spirit of God to preach? Guess what? You need the Spirit of God to get along in marriage. You think we just need the Spirit of God to sing songs up here and glorify his name? You need the Spirit of God to raise them children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We need the spirit and the power of God in every area of our life. Our greatest need, the power of God. Listen, Jesus said in John 15, with me, you can bear much fruit, but without me, you can do nothing. You know what Samson learned the hard way? Without God, he could do Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to be successful in your life. You're not going to be conquering in your life without God. Your greatest need is not another book. Your greatest need is not another program. Your greatest need is not another conference. Your greatest need is the spirit of almighty God working in your life. Let me say this story and, and, and we'll pray. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. I moved here. I moved here in October of 99. October of 99. And I came from a church where God's hand was in that place like crazy. People getting saved right and left. I mean, I'm I'm not talking about, I'm talking about hoodlums. I'm talking about the biggest heathens in Barnwell County was getting saved. I baptized five people the the last service I was there. Crazy. I mean, it was just crazy. And I came here. I believe this is where God wanted me to be. I believe this is where God called me. I was excited. 
thrilled about what God was going to do, and nothing. Nothing. Man, it just wasn't happening. Matter of fact, it was going the wrong way. One day, one day, we had first-time attenders to a Sunday school. I was teaching the book of Daniel. Now, if you don't know anything about Daniel, Daniel is the Old Testament version of the New Testament revelation. And if you come in the middle of Daniel, you lost. And this family came. It was a mother, and I believe her, her, her young uh, teenage son, and maybe the daughter. I can't remember back that far. It's been so long ago. But, but they came to Sunday school, and I was teaching the adults there. I was thrilled. Finally, we have a visitor. Now, I, I look at back. How many of y'all have looked back at things you did in the past, and you think, what was I thinking? As soon as class was over, I went up to her and said, ma'am, if you'll keep coming back, I'll come to your house and catch you up the other chapters you missed. <laughs> she should have ran out the door and said, creeper. <laughs> I mean, that's creepy, man. Come on, be honest. First time going to a church and the preacher said, let me come to your house and get you up on the little chapters. <laughs> and this is what she said. Okay. <laughs> and man, I'm excited. We have first-time attenders this day. How many of y'all have had a jacked-up Sunday and then Monday got here? Leave church excited, had a great day, man. Whoa, felt the power of God, spirit of God. And then the devil hits you right in the mouth on Monday. That's the way this happened. So now I'm frustrated again, aggravated. I don't even remember what all happened. I knew I was in a bad way. Well, I'm supposed to go to this person's house on Tuesday. So I'm going. And I'm talking to God, kind of talking to myself, praying out loud in my car by myself. And I said, God, would you just do something? Man, we're singing the same songs. I'm preaching out of the same Bible. I'm preaching the same sermons over there. You saving people right and left. And nothing's happening here. Would you just please save somebody? I know you probably don't talk. I'm just, I was just being honest with God. And I get in there, and, and most of y'all have heard this story a hundred times, but just, just bear with me. You'll see my point. I get in there, and they have set up chairs in a circle with one chair in the middle. Now, y'all know, those of you know who shy, how shy I am, I'm in a total stranger's house with a chair in the middle, and they had the whole family in there. There's probably 15 people in there. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I go through, I go through the, 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 the lessons on Daniel, and I just happened to be teaching on the Holy Spirit on Wednesday. I said, why I'm here? I might as well hit him up for Wednesday. So I, I begin to tell them about the Holy Spirit and what we're going through and how the Holy Spirit will lead you and convict you for sin and draw you for salvation. And right in the middle of my speech, the, the young man rose, raised his hand. I said, you got a question? He said, yeah, can I get saved right now? Just like that. Can I get saved right now? 
Yeah. So we got down on our knees right there in the middle of the living room. He trusts Christ, gives God, gives God his life, gets saved. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I was in shock. And then when we said amen, there was another young man there. It was the, it was the husband of the daughter. His name's Chip Bell. I don't know if he's in this earth, Chip. You may be in here. He may be he's preaching down at, 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 the, at the, the jail. But he said, ask him. I'm thinking, let's don't push it, God. We got one. Amen. Ask him. I said, Chip, what about you? He starts crying. He said, oh, I need to get saved too. I've been a Catholic altar boy and I've never understood the gospel. And I need to get saved. We get down and pray. He gets saved. We get back up. I'm, I'm telling you exactly how it happened. We say, amen. God says, ask her. This is Amanda. This is Chip's wife. So ask Amanda. I'm ready now. Hey, how about you? I need to get saved too. All three of them get saved that night. Now it's late by now. I'm talking about late. I'm so excited. I leave, I leave, and I'm jacked up, and, and, and I call Tammy, and, and, and she wasn't near spiritual as I was. Because I woke her up. Amen. And I'm headed home. I'm headed home. And it was, I'm telling you, it was like, it was like God just sat in the car with me and said, remember what you asked for? Scared me to death. Then I, I kind of realized, God says, you do what you're supposed to do. And I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Now listen, we're, we're in overtime. <clears throat> listen, it was an accident. <clears throat> let, me, let me tell y'all something. And this is, this is, this is I'm telling y'all, those of you who've heard this story a hundred times, it's a classic But until this message right here, it's never really clicked in me why God did what he did. God wanted me to know it wasn't the sermons. It wasn't the hymn book you were singing out of. You know, all the stuff you did in Barmel when God was saving people and God was moving and God was doing this and God was doing that. I'm saying, God, I'm singing the same songs. I'm preaching the same sermons. But that wasn't the winning combination. It wasn't the sermons. It wasn't the hymn book we was using. It wasn't wasn't anything I was doing. It was God. And I'm telling you to this day, to this message right here, I've told that story a thousand times in revivals and everywhere else. And God finally showed me why he did what he did. Because he wanted me to see it's not methods, it's not programs, it's not anything you can work up. Saving is going to come from me. And ladies and gentlemen, the success in your life and being able to be revived in your life and encouraged in your life and and prosperity in your life and and victory in your life over the issues you deal with every day is going to come from the Spirit of God.
And all God's people say, Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house.